Relevant content for our members by our members. This is TMC Connect. Hi. Happy Tuesday afternoon or late morning, everyone. Rich Swarbinski with the Mortgage Collaborative here once again with the last week in Mortgage Today, your weekly 30-minute recap of all the latest news and transgressions in the mortgage industry. And each week, as you know by now, I'm uh, pleased to be joined by one of our lender members as my co-host. And this week's co-host, he's notoriously always a couple minutes late, but he's one of our best co-hosts, Kevin Peranio the Chief Lending Officer from PRMG, who should be bopping in here any second. And while he does, I see already in the chat, uh, Bernard from iEmergent. Uh, Rich, have you gotten over the Rams winning but not covering? I got very lucky. A large part of my investment in the game this past Sunday was on the money line and the money line with the under as well. So it ended up being a pretty good Sunday for me. Monday morning, maybe a little shakier. Uh, but uh, yeah, entertaining game and uh, looking forward to getting KP's take on, as always, mortgage-related commercials, especially these last few years, a couple of good years for the mortgage industry. Rocket Mortgage kind of made their bones uh, on Super Bowl Sunday. The infamous, I forget if it was six years ago now, I want to say, the infamous push-button get mortgage commercial that uh, I've talked about a number of times was really a seminal moment. I really believe that for the mortgage industry at the time, I mean, there's a lot of negative pushback to that Super Bowl commercial, Uh, you know, people in the industry, outside the industry. Oh, here we go again. Push button, get mortgage too easy. Lowering the standards. That's not feasible. And fast forward to today, uh, not too many years down the road, we really are at, uh, push button, get mortgage, not only with Rocket, but uh, with a lot of lenders across America that are leveraging some of the great borrower-facing tech out there that makes it a hell of a lot easier to get a mortgage today uh, than it was six years ago. But it really was a a seminal moment for our industry. That was as Rocket was not yet the number one mortgage lender in America. I remember Wells Fargo still was. Rocket was kind of climbing the ranks. They invested a ton of money into tech. I remember having their COO Bill Emerson out at one of our conferences in there, our earlier days. And I just remember him talking about that and, you know, how much they had invested in mobile technology and other items. And yeah, and here they are now. The stock hasn't performed great since they went public, but they're the biggest mortgage lender in America. And once again, on Super Bowl Sunday, their commercial uh, amongst the highest grades, USA Today always does uh, a little post-mortem on the Super Bowl commercials grading and rating the commercials. And uh, second year in a row, the Rocket was rated the highest in that. And this year's was pretty funny with Anna Kendrick and uh, Barbie uh, fending off aggressive home buyers <laughs> in a Super Bowl ad with other dolls jumping in the mix. So um, as we wait for KP, I'll uh, take the moment to remind everyone that any comments, questions, thoughts, uh, anybody has, please feel free to drop them in the chat or the Q&A. And uh, we'll incorporate them into the show. So uh, getting on with this week's news uh, and beyond the Super Bowl, uh, you know, I think the number one story continues to just be the rate climate in general. Kind of ironic. In the MBA Newslink email uh, newsletter this morning, one of the columns they linked was, uh, the headline was, you know, I don't, 
think rates will get to 4% this year. And here we are, rates are at 4% on the 30-year fix, historically still very low. And uh, you know, a lot of people out there that trying to offer the broader perspective. But I think the difference uh, with what we've seen with where rates are right now is just the way that it has changed lenders and other interested parties in the housing industry, their outlook on 2022. And, you know, we get projections from economists, typically revisions quarterly. Be interesting to see how those are impacted by the changed rate climate uh, with rates at a point where most people felt was the high water mark of the year. But here we are uh, with them at that point early in the year. And KP, I believe you're on. I. There he is. I heard him. I just promoted him to panelists, so it might take a second. All right, big promotion for Kate. <laughs> big big run up here. How are okay, we made it. How's it going, Kevin? Sorry about that. I looked everywhere. I looked at five emails. I looked at my calendar. I actually had to go to LinkedIn and press the link and I sat there, raised my hand. <laughs> As I said, you're one of our best co-hosts. And and at this point, you know, the the uh the casually late drop-in is, is part of your thing. So let's, uh, I, uh, I know, I know we, we have our, well, I know our, our viewers and our membership will appreciate this. We had, um, uh, we have a monthly regional manager and branch manager call and it's for our retail channel. It's typically, <clears throat> you know, like the third Tuesday of the month. Right. So um, I did closing comments. I said, Hey, I gotta go. I'm on a podcast with Rich at TMC. I'm out. Boom, hung up, right at 11. I go to my calendar, I go and I'm like, you know how I like to like roll in right at a time, you know? I'm like, oh my God, there's no link. So anyway, thank you for tap dancing. You did a great job. I heard about three minutes of it. (laughs) (laughs) Super Bowl, let's start there. Any thoughts? Uh, Not the cleanest played game, but an entertaining game. Uh, It was talking about the Rocket Mortgage uh, (laughs) commercial that uh, got high marks once again this year. Okay, I I have something for you. And um, now, to be fair, I I did not see the commercial. Okay, but it said all four homes at halftime have been sold over asking with multiple offers. She did not get any of them. <laughs> that is great sign of the sign of the times right now. <laughs> yeah, it, credit credit to uh, credit to Logan Motorshami, the uh, lead housing analyst for uh, Housing Wire. He's the one that posted that yesterday. I didn't see that commercial. I don't know why I missed it. But it's mostly because every time I see their logo, I just immediately turn away. So I apologize. Uh, sorry, not sorry. Um, the only lender I know that says they want to put everyone on this call out of business. They said they want 25% market share. So that, that tells me everyone on this call, they want to put out of business. So I, I, I mean, everyone else, yeah, we're competitive, we're friendly, but no one else is saying that openly and out loud and actually has the money to do it. So I just, I won't look at their, their commercials. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> very, very aggressive and lofty goals. Yeah. For the, uh, the rapid interesting to see how they transition to this almost exclusively purchase climate, uh, much of their rise coming off refi, but, uh, uh, n- not a competitor to take lightly. Uh, yeah. One that, uh, with lofty, lofty aspirations and organization like us, really, I'll say this to members, it's not the enemy, but it is, it is, the reason why we started the Mortgage Collaborative eight years ago is to empower small to medium, medium, large size mortgage originators to stay viable, um, you know, to continue to compete effectively against the largest lenders in America that are able to run 
seven million dollar Super Bowl ad. So, well, that 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 that's actually a, a big reason why um, I I personally brought PRMG to TMC, and thank you for inviting me in. Um, you know, it's um, straight the numbers, right? So whether it's the original LO and realtor at you know the loan level combining forces, or it's all of us networking together and coming up with ideas and collaborating. I mean, this is this is how we defend our turf and not only survive, but thrive in a down market. So I, I'm with you 100%. And I remember meeting you at, uh, and knowing you from LinkedIn, uh, I think it was MBA secondary, probably three or four Mays ago. And uh, you saying those exact same things to me. And yeah, I really appreciate You've lived up to your end of it. Uh, one of our all-star contributors here at uh, TMC. So I always appreciate it, KP. Thank, thank you, brother. Awesome. Well, let's get into it. I was talking a little bit about the rate climate. And we'd just be interested in your, your perspective. Rates have shot up to, you know, the, the, the high watermark of where people thought they would be this year. Um, if it's changed your perspective at all on just the broader mortgage industry, I know you guys got a lot of stuff in the hopper at PRMG, but a year that most thought would be down about 30% volume. Uh, but they would see purchase uh, activity up, depending on who you look at, seven to ten percent. Refi's falling off. Uh, any change in your perspective based on the start of the year to the rate climate? No, I mean this is this is our kind of year, right? You know, everyone that's in TMC, we're in the communities. We're rooted. We're deeply rooted. We've got the realtor relationships. Um, it's about purchase money more than rate and term refi. That doesn't mean there aren't a lot of refinances, especially cash out, but. Uh, People want to buy a house. They got to buy a house. They got to pay the rate. That's it. So, um, you know, apparently there was a de-escalation in uh, uh, the Ukrainian-Russian conflict, which is bad for mortgage rates. Um, you know, not praying for a conflict or anything, but had there been one, you know, mortgage rates usually improve. You know, with that flight to safety trade from uh, equities into fixed income security stocks, bonds, mortgage backs. Um, but having said that, I mean, rates. You know, I know you hear this all the time. It's kind of like. Gosh, I guess I can get away with saying this, being in the business now 21 years and being 45 years old, um, rates are historically low. So, you know, if you want to buy a house, it's still pretty cheap to own a house. Um, I think where where we have to kind of use our narrative here is, is uh, say, look, you're calling us because we're local and we understand the local market. And we're going to help find you a place to live that um, is better than your situation renting right now. So for that first time home buyer, we are that expert, but that might involve convincing someone to move a little bit outside of town. And, um, you know, thank God this work from home, work from anywhere, you know, thing is going on. I mean, I'm, I'm going skiing tomorrow and I, I have meetings all day tomorrow. So, you know, I'm here in Newport beach. I'll be in park city tomorrow. It's not work from home. It's work from anywhere. So uh, I know not every job is like that, but, um, many of them are. And so we have to change our narrative about even if on the margin, someone can't afford maybe what they want because rates are higher or where they're looking. It's it's our role to introduce into that conversation, into that dialogue. Well, you know, a lot of people are moving, you know, to the high desert. You know, people are moving to Victorville or people are moving to Banning, you know, in Moreno Valley or people, you know, you know wherever you are in your neighborhoods, you know, you start to say, you know, I, I know some really awesome neighborhoods where people are moving to. And let me get you in touch with the realtor. I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised at how much house you can afford um, in this city. And it's an amazing place to raise a family. So, you know, these are things that we do best at the local level. And and so that that's how we're looking at this year. And that's how we're talking about, uh, you know, 
talking about talking about purchase business, even in a rising rate uh, interest environment. Yeah, great points, because so much of the narrative is really negative right now. Just, you know, it's the headlines. It, you can't go to any major media outlet right now with some sort of story near the fold about uh, affordability and rates and uh, home values and so on and so forth. But rents are up as well. It's moving along with it. And, um, you know, I think that people are they have to live somewhere. And historically, homes are uh you know, historically rates are very low and you're right. It, you don't have to kind of stay rooted to the neighborhood that you thought you lived in because of employment reasons. So interesting to see how the year plays out, but sentiment is negative right now with younger people. I was looking at the Fannie Mae home purchase sentiment index and uh, it was the lowest percentage ever amongst people polled in terms of just it, to answer the question, is it a good time to buy a house right now? Only 25 yeah said, yes, that was the lowest number ever. Amongst 18 to 39-year-olds, it was even way lower. It was like 16%, I want to say. So, uh, But to your point, incumbent upon us in the industry to be the voice in the neighborhoods and to try to change that narrative a little bit. Well, don't 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 forget. I mean, you're talking about people, you know, well, first of all, the average first-time homebuyer is 33. So maybe they're getting out in front of their skis, which is great. You know, I bought my first house at 23. So, you know, I, I I'm all for helping people get ahead of it. But, you know, you're talking to millennials and Gen Zs where all they think about housing is you and I are a scumbag. We crashed the market in 07 and 08. And, you know, a bunch of, you know, local brokers are idiots. You know, I'm not, you know, it's kind of tongue in cheek, right? But, you know, think about what they learned in junior high and high school and college with their professors at their schools, you know, uh, and, and no one has told them, dude, like the number one way to generate wealth is to buy a home, mm-hmm. period. 90% of millionaires did it through real estate, period. Like, what are, you, what are you renting for? You're literally making a landlord rich. So kind of part of what that narrative is for a lot of those younger cohorts is they think people with money, you know, are evil, or maybe they don't believe in the housing industry. Maybe, I don't know. But, you know, if you could kind of kind of poke and prod, you know, in a professional manner, you know, we're all peers here. So I'm speaking, you know, maybe a little bit more harshly, but, um, you know, you know, you say, hey, you know that guy that you're paying rent to, to, you're making that dude rich. Or that woman, you're making her rich. You're making that fat cat rich. You know that? You're putting money in their pocket and they're sitting back on a beach. Why are you renting? You know, and, and I have this line, I say it, I say renting is for suckers. And um, Brent Chandler, I love the dude from Form Free, came over, he goes, dude, he's like, rent, you can't really say that. Now I get where he's coming from because renting traditionally is um, you know, there's 44 million rental units. In America, and uh, you know, renting sometimes is like a trap. You know, you've got people that can't get out, and and I'm not disparaging those people. What I'm saying is, when you rent, you you pay 100% interest rate. You you pay what's the interest rate today? 3.75, maybe four and a quarter. You're paying 100% mm-hmm. to a landlord who's, you know, owns a property that's appreciating on a record level. 17%, 29% in Seattle. I mean, it's unbelievable <clears throat> the wealth gap that's being created right now. And uh, un- unfortunately, renters are taking the brunt of that. And if you're even lower on the socioeconomic scale, you got to pay 17% higher rent year over year, food prices, energy prices, heating oil. I mean, it's just brutal right now. It's such a good point because I would agree. Like so much of the negative sentiment that people between 18 and 39 have regarding housing is baked into 
right? What happened in 06 and 07 and 08 and, uh, you know, I, any of us, you know, you're out at a party with friends that aren't in the industry. What do you do for a living? You're in the mortgage industry. Like, you know, it used to, 10 years ago, I would, I would, sh- I would shudder and, and, and grit my teeth when I answered that question. But even now I see it, like there is still that false sentiment um, that a lot of the stuff that contributed to the meltdown still exists in the industry. And maybe they see headlines with negative news about housing and values and rates. And they just, they, they lump it all in together. And one of the things I've always wondered, like, this is something NAR does good. I wonder what MBA doesn't do some kind of national campaign um, to some of the things that we're talking about here and uh, talks about the value of the loan originator in the local neighborhood. I've seen NAR do this, you know, uh, talking up the value of the human realtor and uh, something that I just I've always wondered why that. Uh, oh, look at that. We got a we got a special co-host this week. That's my son, Luca. Nice. Don't on a call, buddy. I'm gonna throw it to you over there. Okay, go. Um, he's got baseball. His second baseball practice. Does he have? Does he? Does he think the mortgage industry is corrupt, Luca? No. Uh, he he just wants <laughs> he just wants to play catch with dad. He wants to play um, ball. You know, uh, I I will say the Mortgage Banker Association does a good job of putting out content. They put out charts. They put out data. If you go to mba.org um, and you go up to newsroom, you can click on all the latest reports. I actually look at that every night uh, before I do my LinkedIn. Um, uh, you know, a little podcast, I guess. Well, actually, technically making it a podcast. Um, you, you know, we're gonna we're gonna start cutting it up on audio and putting it on Spotify. Oh, cool. yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm already making it. I might as well Why just not? throw it out. We do it. Audio form. We get more listens on podcasts by far than any than the live or the YouTube uh, after the fact. Videos. Are you are you saying you saying nobody wants to see our ugly noses? Is that no? What it is? Just it just it, they get more podcast listens for whatever reason. So <laughs> I always joke. I, I that's my joke. I always say. Nobody wants to look at my ugly nose. It's pretty, pretty big and crooked. Uh, sorry, sorry. Michael got it. chiming in that he loves loves the noses. By the way, so. I, I, hey, coming from Coots is like the perfect asymmetrical face. Right, exactly. You know, chiseled up like granite. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So. he's Texas tough, isn't he? But no, I, I, I think uh, you know you brought up a good point about you know getting the word out. Isn't it? Isn't it crazy? Like when you when people are talking like. I'm going to wait to buy a house. I'm going to wait for home prices to come back down. And I'm like, no, like, don't well, say that. Like, last April, right? That's what everybody was saying is values were starting to come up. All the first reports of these bidding wars about 10 months ago, every young, every person I know under 40 was, ah, wait till the market crashes. And here we are 10 months later, rates are a full percent higher and homes have gone up 20% since then. I know. And again, it's, it's part of the crash. Everyone thinks that every down part of the cycle will be like, oh, wait, you know, when it was just brutal and, and everything's just going to come down. I mean, will home prices moderate? For sure. I mean, this, you know, the rate at which we're appreciating is, um, has a stopping point. It has a tipping point. I mean, it's not tenable forever, but will it crash? I mean, do you, like go back to March of 20 when people were like crazy fearful. And then once the CARES Act kind of settled in and the rate sheets kind of settled in, Man, I hammered down in May of 20, and I bought uh, a second home in Rancho Mirage. I bought this little condo for like 489 grand. They are they are selling right now. I'm not kidding. The exact same thing. They are selling for 789 thousand dollars. And, and, and I mean, it's like, could you imagine if you're sitting in LA and you're like, okay, I'm finally tired of all the crap going on in LA. I'm gonna go, you know, live in the desert or get a, get a home out there on a golf course or whatever thing. And, and now I got to pay 800, 850. It's like, it's, it, you know, again, 
the 0708 narrative is still in people's mind. I'm not saying that there isn't a correction, but what does that mean? Does it mean does it mean 25% off of the values where we are today? Even if that were the case, you've gone up 17, 18, 19, two years in a row. You know, you, you've gone up, you know, 30. But when it's all said and done, it's like you probably gained about 40% on average. I know some markets are even crazier. We'll have doubled in three years. So what if you come down 25%? It's like I own Apple stock since 04. If it corrects, I'm still up. You know, it's right. like people don't think of these homes like an investment or like a vehicle. And again, that's our job is to teach this financial literacy. That's a great point. So uh, moving on, uh, FHFA in the news. Uh, last week, uh, coming out and laying out broad strategic goals, a five-year plan that they want to put in place um, in and around safety and soundness and uh, obviously access to affordable and sustainable housing and also responsibly managing their infrastructure. We were kind of batting around a good piece today that uh, you shot over to me and just talking about GSE reform in general and is it dead? And, you know, I think at least for now, right? I mean, the type of GSE reform that Mark Calabria was talking about and, you know, moving swiftly to exit Fannie and Freddie from conservatorship, that's not going to happen anytime soon. Um, but some things certainly happening behind the scenes that GSE is still raising capital um, and a lot of things that are going to be coming down the pike from FHFA while they laid out the broad goals that they want to achieve over the course of the next five years, not a lot of detail yet, might be starting to get some hints as things that could be coming. Uh, I was talking uh, with Rob Crisman last Friday, uh, you know, about some of the excerpts of the Senate Banking Committee meeting from last week. And you're starting to see like where the Republicans and the Democrats, the positions they're starting to line up behind as housing becomes a political football, normally not an election issue housing. Um, but looks like at the midterms, it's going to be one of the things the candidates are talking about. Yeah. I mean, you know, of course, you know, the, the, no one wants to talk about inflation, you know, they got to talk about <laughs> yeah, the one yeah. bright, they got to talk about the one bright spot, you know? Um, well, first of all, you know, uh, it's amazing how TMC, you guys are constantly having um, Sandra Thompson, uh, you know, she's a guest speaker and she's, you know, part of your, uh, you know, she, she, she listens to y'all. I mean, that's impressive. You know, that's really impressive. So I love the fact that you, are, you know, have such good dialogue with that office. And she's not a career politician. She's not a career ideologue. She's a career housing professional. And um, she's very well respected uh, by the Mortgage Bankers Association and obviously made a ton of friends by coming out right away and going, let's get rid of that adverse market fee. I mean, <laughs> what a better way, um, you know, look, uh, we, 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 I, my, my allegiance can be, you know, uh, purchased to an extent, I guess, um, you know, that that's nice to know that uh, we're not paying this tax. Um, so, you know, they came out the gate, they, they are using some common sense and, and here's, it's funny. It's like, um, you know, our industry, um, leans a little right. Okay. So we, you know, I would say we're fiscally conservative and, um, that doesn't mean that we're all conservatives. And, um, but what's interesting is, when you when you hear liberal policies coming from the administration that want to put you know that talk about affordability and lifting people up, what's crazy is like universally we're like, oh, you want to put more people in housing? Great, because that's good for all of us too. And by the way, who's the best positioned at putting people that are in the lower socioeconomic ranges into houses? It's independent mortgage bankers. 
We're in the community. We're the ones with the roots. We're the ones that can communicate. We're the ones that can hire people of color who already have people of color. Our company was founded by a Colombian. You know, we're more non-white employees out of 2,700 employees at PRMG than white employees. So, you know, we're ready. Great. Bring it on. Bring on the policy. We don't need to get in, into ideology. But what we want is some clear goals. And what we'd like is to work together with our administration. So I think where things get a little sideways is then you got this little thing called the CFPB over here where the guy's like, all right, um, you guys are evil and you have all these junk fees and we're coming to get you. You know, Now, I actually have never heard that come out of the mouth of uh, CFPB Director Rohit Chopra. So um, I actually see that more in the tabloids in our industry when they write the articles. Um, and and the MBA has done a great job of writing letters saying that, you know, you know IMBs are best suited to, you know, help uh, lift up those, you know, in affordable housing areas that need that need that help. And we we are fully disclosing for years and years and years, um, you know, per Dodd-Frank and all these uh, regulations out there, um, all of our fees. So there aren't any, quote, junk fees. So I think the junk fee thing is is probably more going to go towards like, you know, debt collectors and and stuff like that. So. Um, again, I think I think based on everything that I've heard out there, I think independent mortgage bankers are positioned really well to work hand in hand with. Um, uh, I guess I, I I sent you an email. I was like, I don't is she acting director or is she nominee? I mean, I know she hasn't been fully nominated, but I don't know what to call her. But we work hand in hand with um, uh, the nominated FHFA director Sandra Thompson, and um, I guess she is still considered acting. I I said this funny thing. When, uh, you know, a few months back, I was like, can we stop calling her acting director? She's not an act. She's out here like a boss getting stuff done. So, you know, can we please just make it official? I know Congress, you know, things move so slowly over there. Uh, it literally takes an act of Congress uh, to get her to get her uh, official. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there's no one better suited than our group right here to work hand in hand with the FHFA and the administration and the CFPB. We want to help carry out these policies. Like, you think a bank is going to be nimble enough to do this stuff? I mean, you know, they're, they, you know, they're on legacy systems of green screens. And, you know, uh, I, I drive around the hood. I don't see the big banks in there. You know, I just don't see them. So, you know, um, I see us in there. And, and so, again, I think we're I, I think uh, I think we're really well positioned to help uh, carry out the policies that are being uh, talked about right now on the Hill. Absolutely. And yeah. And Sandra will be once again at our upcoming conference in Miami at the Fountain Blue. Uh, come up. March 19 to 22, she'll be speaking on Monday morning and also have the National Association of Home Builders CEO, Jerry Howard, that'll be at. So uh, a couple of good ways to start the two primary days of our conference. And I, you know, we've been telling our members, they have it open. FHFA has their uh, their goals that they've laid out, the parameters of the goals they've laid out, open for public input through March 11. And uh, I, I just, so I've heard from those in the industry and those at rulemaking bodies that when they put these things open for public input, they get so few submissions, actually, uh, you know, all of us that are uh, boots on the ground and uh, are very well positioned to guide and advise organizations like FHFA or CFPB on how to enact smart policy with, to your point, very clear rail guide rails and guidelines. Um, so that is open. You can find that on the FHFA website and you can, deliver your direct feedback to what uh, acting director Thompson is saying. They look to sort this out. So um, 
KP Zillow in the news once again uh, after you know shuttering their eye buying operation last year, and uh, now they've they've said they've refocused on a housing super app that is going to be a big part of their strategy. Uh, not a good last period of time for many stocks at all <laughs> in America, but yeah. stock as of late, but did bounce up 15, 16% on the news of this. Any thoughts, speculation on that news by Zillow? Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> Zillow, um, you know, only has recorded about 843 million in losses from the eye buying. They originally said it was going to be like 1.3 or something. Um, you know, the market's appreciating. So they let the, the prices come to them and then they get rid of their, inventory and they probably not make it as much as they wrote it down initially. So, um, you know, little gamesmanship with the numbers there. I knew that they were doing that. And, um, you know, look, they're viewed at by wall street. They're viewed at, uh, they're viewed as a, a tech company. They're viewed as a ad sales company. They get a different multiple, um, wall street hates lenders. They think that we're only as good as the whims of the fed and what they allow us to be. And you look at the lending stocks, they all get crushed. Wall street literally hates lenders. Like it's like, we get nothing, right? There's no, there's no recurring revenue, right? But you've got realtors that constantly are signing contracts, uh, you know, with Zillow. I mean, they're positioned very well. And I'll just add one more thing. Um, I subscribe to Ivy Zellman's research. I recommend that for anyone that doesn't already. Um, she put out, you know, interesting enough, um, she put out, you know, her rating on uh, Zillow, and she thinks, um, you know, at six times um, earnings, you know, going into 24, 25. She actually thinks their stock is uh, is really well positioned uh, to surprise to the upside. Obviously, we just saw a pop. So, um, yeah, I mean, love them or hate them, you know, they're they're a great company. So, you know, they 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 have a uh, they have a good business model, and there's nothing that's going to deter that, you know, um, from moving except for maybe outside disruption. This is the last week in mortgage today. I'm Rich Sorbinski with the Mortgage Collaborative, joined this week by PRM, PRMG's Chief Lending Officer Kevin Peranio. Uh, KP, just a couple minutes left. Any other thoughts uh, just on anything in general as we uh, get into the, hopefully the end of winter? I'm looking outside, it's about uh, nine inches of snow here in Cleveland. So uh, hopefully- Oh, man. The thaw, what are your thoughts on the spring buying season and anything else um, potentially around the corner for our industry? Yeah, I'll, I'll share with you what I share with my team internally. And, uh, and you know, we had our sales rallies last week for- our wholesale and correspondent channel, and then our retail channel. Um, you know, January is January was a normal month. It was a normal month in a normal market. So your your most like comp is two years ago. So January of 2020 versus January of 22. How did you do? You know, um, we saw 50% growth. So that's 25% growth year over year. So that's a normal market. Um, it's seasonally slow and cold. Uh, people are kind of getting back out on the streets, right? It takes a little bit of time for January to pick up. Then the apps start coming in. February picks up, but it's a you know short, crappy, cold month. And then boom, March gets going. And for those of us in the even colder areas, you know maybe that spring season doesn't quite kick off, depending on what the groundhog showed you. It doesn't quite kick off until you know April through July. So um, we're in a normal market. So don't compare February to February of 2020. Remember, we had massive locks in the month of February, 2020. And then the first week of March is when all hell broke loose. And we locked as much in one week as we did the entire month of February. So you really wanna look at January 20, rolling back 12 months. Those are your like-like comps for how your company's doing. And that will help you with your mindset, with the people you manage, with everyone on your team. You know, you can't compare it to an epic refi boom. It's just not fair. 
It's not the same market. But loan amounts are enormous everywhere, even in smaller uh, mid-markets, um, average loan size, counting limits for FHA, conventional. I mean, gosh, if you're in a high balance area, it's basically a million bucks. I mean, for an A paper rate, it's it's crazy. So, um, you know, we're very bullish um, on this year. It'll be back to blocking and tackling. So hopefully, you know, you've, you've, you've aligned with all the partners that TMC keeps putting in front of you. You've got your tech stack dialed in. You're ready to rock. Great perspective, KP. Uh, as always, really, really appreciate you joining me in the co-host slot. And you know, we're gonna we're gonna keep coming to the bullpen to get you uh, for uh, for these uh, shows. And uh, all the best to you and yours as uh, we get into the week here. Uh, really appreciate it, Kevin. Thank you, Rich. You always do a great job, man. I really appreciate you inviting me here anytime to serve the community. Let's all go crush it together, everybody. It's awesome. And to our attendees, thanks as always for spending 30 minutes with us. Uh, we're here every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern with the last week in mortgage today. And as noted earlier in the show, uh, you can subscribe to our TMC Connect podcast on Apple or Spotify. And uh, also obviously load all these shows to our YouTube page where a lot of you watch after the fact as well. So until next Tuesday, have a great rest of the week, everyone. Take care. Bye, Kevin. For more information about how you can get involved with TMC Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at mortgagecollaborative.com.